Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. Now, those of you who are regular listeners, you won't be too surprised to know that cocktail hour is one of my favorite hours. And here in France, we're more likely to say apéro, uh, which is short for apéritif. And apéritif is a drink that, that, you know, it's supposed to open your appetite and kind of prepare you for a meal to follow. And the French are great when it comes to the art of the apéro. And they make some really good products uh, to drink as an apéritif. Sweet dry vermouth, uh, gentian-based products, um, anise-flavored drinks. You might have seen things like lilay. And so... I love to talk about the apparel and the traditions around it, and so I thought it would be fun to get a friend on who also uh, has a lot to say about the the apparel and the apparel dinatoire. So I invited my friend Anne Ma into the studio today. She is an American writer based in Paris and recently moved to Vietnam. She is a frequent contributor to the New York Times travel section. Her articles have appeared in the Washington Post, Condé Nast Traveler, Food 52, The Kitchen, and other media outlets. So, you know, these are all great places. So it's clear that she knows her stuff. She is also the author of four books, including a USA Today bestseller, The Lost Vintage, and a food memoir, Mastering the Art of French Eating. So if you follow her or you follow me, I recommend that you do both on Instagram. Uh, you might have seen some of my recent posts where I was using her latest book, Instantly French, to make a uh, French dinners in my instant pot. You, know, you can also use it for just a pressure cooker. So now having lived in France and written these books, she really knows her way around the apparel. She also wrote an article on how to host an aperitif dinatoire for the Washington Post. So she's going to share some of her information on maybe the difference between apparel, aperitif dinatoire, what types of food and drink that you might typically have served, how you can pull some of these trends and traditions into your own home entertaining and bar experiences, and um, and her own experiences in France and now abroad entertaining in this style. So welcome, Anne. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. So um, do you want to add anything that I... Hi, Forrest. It's great to be here. ...in your bio for the listeners. Um, I did want to just briefly mention that I am here in Hanoi with my family. And the reason we moved here is for my husband's job as a diplomat. So one of the things that we have started to do since arriving is host a few apéro or cocktail hours here for his um, his work. So that's sort of entertaining on another scale, but it's also been very fun to incorporate some of the French traditions I love into our events here. Uh, I think that's a really, it's a really nice way to share. It's a really nice way to sort of um, share your culture or share, you know, from your past experiences. So I really like that idea. And um, uh, can you, before we sort of break, take a deeper dive, can you maybe just tell the listeners what, what apparel means to you and maybe how you've noticed that it might be celebrated differently than cocktail hour or happy hour in sort of Anglophone countries? So for me, the apéro hour is definitely the best time of the day. Um, it's sort of the pause between finishing work and home life. So either you are at the cafe or you're um, meeting a friend at a bar 
or you're oh, invited over to someone's house, um, not for a meal, but just to stop by to have a drink and connect uh, before everyone goes on their merry way. Um, one thing that is, I think, very typical in France um, that makes the apéro different from in the United States is that there French people always eat while drinking. There is always a bite to eat. Whereas in the whereas in the states we often just have a bag of chips or some nuts or something. There's usually something a little bit more hearty, whether it's olives or a few slices of saucisson sec, to um, to nibble on while you're enjoying your drink. Another thing that I feel like I notice a difference is when I'm back in the U.S happy hour um, after work always starts a lot earlier than maybe an apero will here. I feel like if I meet friends for an apero in Paris, it's usually around seven, maybe six thirty-seven, And I feel like my friends in the U.S. are usually kind of heading towards a happy hour around five or five thirty. I don't know what your experience has been, but that's been my general experience. I think that's really true. And to me also the term happy hour conveys sort of um, a discount on drinks you know, something that where there's a a drink special, Um, whereas apéro is more of a a ritual that divides the day. Happy hour is something to me that that conveys just meeting for after work for a drink. It's not something that's on the weekend. It is solely an after work occasion. And for me, 80, 90% of the time with colleagues. Yeah, well, and I think there's something very French, French versus Anglophone with that too. You know, that's apéro is a bigger tradition. And also, my experience is um, we have aperos here sometimes before lunch. Like, I wouldn't necessarily think of cocktail mm-hmm. hour or happy hour before lunch, but you know, I know when I'm with my um, partner, his family, uh, we often have apéro before lunch on the weekends. Uh, you know, not not during the week. It's not an everyday occurrence, but. Definitely, because it, as you said, it opens the appetite, right? I mean, you know, the aperitif is to stimulate your appetite before you have your meal. Yep. Now, um, speaking of apparel and stimulating your appetite, do you have some things that that are your favorite things to drink for an aperitif? I love white wine is my favorite aperitif. Um like a dry white wine is all very stimulating for the appetite, so they say, um, and is just uh, something that I really enjoy for before a meal. Um, I also really love the dry sherry during in the winter, like a really nutty sort of um, oloroso sherry is very nice. Uh, but of course, <laughs> my number one favorite, number one favorite though, of course, is champagne. Very good. I love all those choices. And, you know, as a cocktail person, I could get all cocktaily, but I agree with you. I really, when I'm sitting down for an aperitif, um, I do, I like, I like a nice dry white wine. I like to keep it simple, sit down, focus on talking to my friends, kind of, you know, slipping out of the work day and into the meal. So yeah. And the sherry, I love that. That's a great idea too. Now, um, I want to kind of talk to the listeners about any particular etiquette that's around the apero. And we can also, I know I keep saying apero, and I also want to talk about the apero dinatoire. So feel free to talk about them kind of both, you know, one or the other and, and what kind of etiquette you find around them. 
Well, I think uh, having hosting people for an apéro is a really nice way to just invite someone over who maybe you don't know that well. You don't want to commit to a whole evening of a dinner because you know my my in my mind whenever I invite someone over, I'm always thinking I'm such an early bird. What if they stay until like two or three in the morning? <laughs> um, but with the apéro, you know, you have invited them over, so you're showing that warmth of generosity. You're, you're inviting someone your home. Um, but it's pretty clear that it's ju- it's just for a drink or two. It's just going to be a couple of hours. Um, I think that in France, um, as I was just saying, there is not a lot of drinking without food. So wine is almost considered another food. Um, so there, there is always... Um, something something to eat to accompany it. And now, um, you know, I think of the apéro as something more uh, snacky and drinky, and an apéro dînatoire is when you are bringing out more food. Do you, or, you know, do you do you differentiate between the two? Yes. So I love an apéro dînatoire, which is just sort of a dinner of snacks. I once went to the best apéro dînatoire at the home of a of a friend who is a, shall we say, une dame d'un certain âge, um, who um, we all sat in her living room. Um, so there was no dining table. We were just sort of grouped upon the sofas and there was a small, low, little low tables in front of us. And the entire meal was just snacks. Um, I can't remember exactly what she served, but, you know, there were little tea sandwiches and gougères, cheese puffs, and, you know, maybe dates wrapped with bacon. But what I loved about it was that there was a progression to the snacks. So you started out with, let's say, a cheese puff and, you know, maybe some smoked salmon on toast. And then you progressed to like a little lamb chop. (laughs) Uh, And then there was a cheese course, although still in this slow table cocktail setting. And then there were tiny desserts. So it was like a four-course meal, but all in small bite-sized form. I love that. I, I, I like small little bits and bites anyway. You know, I love tapas. And, and I think it's nice, too, because I do think that there is such a, you know, the French meal is, is a really important establishment, right? The French meal, it's, it's recognized by UNESCO. But I think the apéro dînatoire is a way to relax that a little bit. But still, you know, it's still... Um, have some fun and, and have some quality. It's not just, you know, we're throwing some things together. So I, I, yeah, I think that that's a, I agree. I love it. And it's a really fun and interesting way to spend an evening or invite people around. Um, and in speaking of inviting people around for me, I feel like if I'm just saying to a friend, I'm going to meet you for an apéro, I'm probably just going to just meet them at a bar for an apéro. But if it's an apéro dînatoire, I mean, that's something really that happens at home, right? Exactly. I completely agree. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was writing my story for the Washington Post on hosting an apéro dînatoire, I interviewed a few French friends. And one of my friends said, um, he lives near Saint-Étienne, between Saint-Étienne and Lyon, said that um, 
he sometimes the apéro turns into an apéro dînatoire. So you have friends over, and you're all having so much fun, and everyone is getting maybe progressively more tipsy that you're sort of just rummaging around the kitchen, the freezer, the pantry for whatever you have on hand to offer to sort of fill people up a little more. And um, that I, I really love that idea too. Me too. I mean, I, I do try to keep things in my pantry. Um, so, so there's always something, you know, whether it's sardines or, or some kind of a terrine or something, nuts and olives, things that you can pull out um, if you need to expend, ex- extend the apéro into an apéro dînatoire. Um, now, what about, I know you mentioned some foods that, that may have been served at, at the, um, the one that you were talking about, but what are some really typical foods uh, that you think of when you think of an apéro dînatoire here in France? Definitely saucisson sec or some type of charcuterie board. Um, definitely um, maybe some pâté de compagne type of thing. Crudité, you know, raw vegetables with a dip, maybe tepanade. Um, and then, of course, there is that very, very typical French dish of the 1980s or 90s, the cake salé, the savory cake. Oh, yes. Yes. It's very French. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. I mean, actually, I've never made one, but I mean, is that like the, there's a cake that that's often made in France. I think kids make it and they make it with yogurt. Is that also um, savory? So is that kind of the same family? Um, it's a different cake. The yogurt cake is definitely sweet, the one that kids make. Savory cake is a little more involved, but the most famous one is ham and olive, I believe. There's a, there's a woman who has a, written an entire cookbook on savory cakes, um, and it's called Les Cakes de Sophie. And it's, it's, the entire book is savory and some sweet cakes, um, because as you know, in France, the word cake refers to not like a ghetto, but it refers to anything cooked in like a loaf pan. Right. Yeah. Well, I can get on board with savory cakes. I mean, I, I, I prefer savory to, to sweet anyway. So I think that I do think that they're fun and you're right there. I, you see them all the time. So um, now I'm wondering how you, do you think that the apéro dînatoire is becoming more popular in France or in Paris in your experience? I do. I think people are really looking for a way to entertain or get together with people that is not filled with such ritual and formality as the dinner. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, definitely I see a younger, kind of a younger generation keeping things a little bit more casual in that way. And also I see a lot of times them doing it where it's kind of a potluck dînatoire as well. You know, everybody's bringing a little... Um, snack and and something like that. So I think it's kind of interesting to have to see the the um, the changes. And I do agree. It's it's definitely something I see more often. Now, um, uh, now that you're in Vietnam, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the entertaining? You mentioned that you were doing some entertaining there. How are you incorporating the French apéro into your entertaining? How are people uh, reacting to it? What's it like? So one thing that I really love to make in general are gougere cheese puffs. Um, and we've hosted a few events and I've um, been making them. We have for our official events, we do have household help because that would be quite a volunteer position for me to take on. 
um, to be cooking for all these official events. Um, <clears throat> so I've been teaching um, our housekeeper how to make Gougere cheese puffs, which has been a great success. Everyone loves to eat them and we love to make them. Um, and then the other thing I really love to do is something we just talked about, which is um, ending the cocktail event with a little bit of something sweet, um, be it a small, you know, bite of brownie or and fruit skewers or just some type of small dessert that uh, ends the event. And it's not just, you know, a treat. It's also sort of a signal that, you know, this event is wrapping up. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I think, you know, we have these sort of the exactly these signal signals of etiquette. And, um, and as we were already talking about, that is kind of the beauty of the apparel, you don't have to, you're not obliged to have these people in your space until one in the morning. So, so I like that. And yeah, and you're, you're really inspiring me with the Grugères, but because I was seeing some stuff online recently, and um, and I saw you mention it on on Jane from La Cuisine, some posts she did, and I publicly stated that I love the idea of them for an apéro or a cocktail snack, but I am petrified to make them because I think they're going to be very difficult to make, and she assured me that they are not. So. They are so easy to make. Yes, they are incredibly easy. Um, for The Lost Vintage, uh, my novel, which is set in Burgundy, I developed a recipe for Gougère um, to sort of use to help promote the book, to share with my readers. Um, so I have tested Gougère, that recipe, at least 10 or 12 times. And then since then, it, it, they became so easy to make and so enjoyable to make that my daughter, who was five at the time, we just started making them every time she was home from school with a cold or had a snow day, we would just make gougere. So they are very easy to make and so easy to make that a five-year-old can make them. <laughs> okay. You are inspiring me, but also now I'm scared because if I can't make them, <laughs> I'm going to feel bad. And but, um, that being said, my last batch did not turn out. I... Um, so sometimes that happens too, but you know what? They still taste good, even if they're not perfect. Okay. I, I'm going to try it. I promise. And I'll put some stuff online and, and tag you so you can see my progress and compare it to your daughter's. <laughs> um, is, is, your, is your recipe online somewhere, the one that you used it for is. the um, promo with the Lost Vintage? It is. I think it's on the La Cuisine website, but I, I, can, I can send you a link and you can maybe post it in your show notes or something. I will absolutely send me a link. I will actually try to make it and I will also post it in the show notes so listeners can try to make it as well. And listeners, if you do make it, um, post some pictures, tag us on, uh, tag us both online so we can also see what you're doing and food stock you as well. So, um, okay. I'm excited about that. I'm feeling very motivated. Maybe this weekend. Um, now, uh, speaking of online, can you tell the listeners where they might find you online? And I will put, um, sh I will put links to your Instagram and, and your different books in the show notes, but just in case people don't feel like going back to look at the show notes, where should they find you? Um, so I'm mainly these days on Instagram at AnnMaNet, um, and Twitter is the same. Uh, my website is also the same, AnnMa.net. So I would love to connect with any any of your listeners. Um, and if any, anyone needs Gougere advice or tips, please feel free to message me. I really feel like Gougere are 
maybe the the number one thing that I am can make really really well, <laughs> and am always happy to coach people through making couger. Well, that is very good to know, Anne. I may be relying, I may be calling on some advice when yeah, I give please. my advice. So. Okay, good. Um, and also, I think that you have, well, before we move into the cocktail of the month uh, uh, segment, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners that you don't think we've covered that they might be interested in, in case they want to kind of bring this tradition into their home or, or have a better understanding on, of how it is really celebrated in France? I think... Um... There were a lot of questions when I published the article on the Aperodina trial, like how is this different from a regular cocktail party? And to me, the way it's different is that it really is a meal um, with sort of the courses that are defined, you know, entree, plat, fromage, dessert is to me at least in the Aperodina trial that I've enjoyed, they are all present, um, but just in a much more relaxed way. Um, and it's also really fun to incorporate some of the foods of the region, which of course is also very, very French. So um, French people are so big on their regional cuisine, you know, you'll see, you know, jambon de Bayonne, you know, type of thing or wh wherever from like Pay Basque, they'll have like their Piment d'Espelette type, type thing or Tepanade in Provence. Um, but we here in Hanoi um, also make those fresh summer rolls. Um, which I think are like a wonderful addition to the apéro dînatoire. Um, so it's just a casual, fun thing. I was thinking about that when you were talking about it because I think I saw on some of your posts some photos of the spring rolls, and they look delicious. And I, they feel like they'd be just like you've got a really nice light thing. And I do love bringing in. I mean, I think we all really appreciate bringing in something a little local for our our experiences like that. So. All right. Well, I think hopefully the listeners feel like they can go out and, uh, and be prepared to do their own apéro, apéro dînatoire at their house and bring a little, yeah. little bit of France into, into their entertaining. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to you to share with listeners the cocktail recipe that you have brought to share for the cocktail of the month. So take it away. Okay. So this recipe is a Saint-Germain Granita. Um, it's sort of a cross between an alcoholic ice granita, or some might say it's very much like frosé, um, if you're familiar with frosé, frozen yeah. rosé. Um, it's very, very nice on a hot night, um, or, you know, it's very refreshing. Um, so what you do is you just combine sugar and water. Um, into like a simple syrup. And then um, you can flavor that with citrus peels. And then you add a bottle of dry white wine and four ounces of Saint-Germain liqueur, which is an elderflower liqueur. So it has a lovely floral fragrance. Um, you mix that all together and strain it because of... Um, Oh, sorry, you also want to add some lemon juice and some lime juice. So you mix up that all to... How much on the simple syrup and the lemon and the lime juice? How much of that? So there's a half cup of sugar and one and one quarter cups water. So that is... I okay. know that's not a traditional simple syrup because that's one to one, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's a half cup of sugar, one and a mm -hmm. quarter cups water, and then you know, some strips of lemon rind, some strips of lime zest. Um, you want the juice of one lemon, 
the juice of two limes, a bottle of dry white wine, and four ounces of Saint-Germain liqueur. Um, and just the combination of the elderflower. I love elderflower, don't you? It's so oh, fragrant yeah. and delicate and sp- to me, it tastes like spring, springy. Um, Absolutely. The combination of that with the dry white wine and the citrus juices um, is just really lovely. So you strain that to remove any pulp and you can put that into a metal baking dish, you know, like a square or rectangular dish um, and you freeze it. And as you freeze freeze it for about an hour, and you'll see that the um, edges will start to freeze. And if you keep stirring um, every 20, 30 minutes, um, you'll get some very fine granita-type crystals. Um, And then when it's frozen, you can just scoop it into a cup and serve it like that. It's very refreshing. Um, But the great thing is, obviously, you can make it in advance. And... um, Unlike traditional granita, which if you've frozen, overfrozen it, and it just becomes like a solid lump of rock that you have to wait quite a while for it to soften to mash up again, um, because of the alcohol, this doesn't freeze ever quite that hard. So you can soften it pretty quickly um, into back into its fine crystalline form. Um, well, then with that, I am going to bring things to a close. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners? I don't think so, but this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for us. Okay. With that, I am going to give a big thank you to Anne for joining. It was really such a pleasure to talk to somebody who, um, who enjoys the apparel as much as I do. And, uh, and really I'm enjoying her current book right now, The Instantly French. So I encourage you if you like the instant pot or pressure cooking to go and check it out. And uh, so thank you to Anne. Thank you to world radio Paris for editing and production. Thank you to Emily. Pardon. Thank you to sun little for the music that we use. And I will put links to all of the things, the recipes and all of the things that we mentioned in our show notes and where you can find Anne. And uh, I've, as always, I remind you to drink responsibly. And finally, just one more thing. Uh, if you like what we're doing, I encourage you to uh, leave us an iTunes review. It makes it easier for other people to find us. It also makes me feel better because it makes me know that I'm not just shouting into a void and nobody's listening. When I get feedback, I know that somebody's actually listening and it makes me feel a little bit better. And it also helps me to kind of know if I'm getting, um, you know, suggestions or anything. I can, I can, fix things as we're as as needed so um so with that i will say until next time cheers Bye.